Hello. Hi, you all, and welcome back to The Salted Journey. I am your host, Glyo Matherin, and I have a special guest with me. <laughs> and it is my first guest. Um, I'm here with my very, very special friend, Alexia. Alexia, say hello. Hello. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling woo. <laughs> Alrighty, so let me, before I dive into why she's even here today, um i'm just gonna like reiterate like here we just come authentically there's no script there's no like we didn't practice we didn't rehearse what we're gonna say uh we just come and just allow the holy spirit to just speak through us so as always i never know what i'm really gonna talk about but today i kind of have an idea because i god kind of gives me that uh either 10 minutes or right when i hit record but he gave it to me about like when did you call me girl? Like two hours ago, an hour ago. Yeah. So where's my phone? <laughs> Give me you, the specific. Okay. I text you something crazy. Crazy. Three oh eight. Wow. Okay. And you called me immediately after that. Yeah, so, so she texted me at three oh eight and I started screaming. Uh and then I called her and just continued to screaming and she shared with me the most insane beautiful testimony I yeah um and I was just in tears throughout the whole thing uh <laughs> and she could confirm I just couldn't keep it together but as she was sharing this I'm like first of all before she called me I earlier today I went to the laundry and then came back and of course you know today's Friday so I record and I was getting ready um, to set up. I had my Bible with me. I had my camera about to go. And then I was going to get ready my microphone and all of that. And then she called me. And as she was saying this, I'm like, I think she needs to be on here. Like, I think, like, yeah, this feeling of this needs to be what we need to talk about. And, you know, of course it's all up to her. I didn't want to pressure and stuff like that. And then we ended up, our phone ended up getting disconnected. So I was like, okay, let me go ahead and record. So I went into prayer and I'm like, okay, God, like she just shared with me this most like heart tugging. Like when I say my heart is still very much like pounding and sensitive. Um, so I had like pulled up a scripture that I shared with her during our phone conversation. And I was just going to like, as always, that God take the wheel and literally, I have my headphones in. And she could confirm this. I have my headphones in, my microphone going, and I was about to hit record and she called me back. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I think she needs to be on here. So I really felt like God wanted us to talk during this episode and just her either share her testimony or just continue our conversation. Um, yeah. So how do you feel about it, uh, Alexia? How do you feel about coming on here unexpectedly? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm so good about coming on here. I was a little hesitant because what I shared with her, I hadn't shared with any of my friends yet. Um, That's crazy. Which is <laughs> it's actually pretty insane. And so for me to just share it with her and for us to get to this point of me like telling the world through this podcast is... Like I said, it's insane, but the whole testimony is insane, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
well, I definitely appreciate you for your vulnerability and allowing me and allowing others to hear this. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this is what we need to be doing. Um, but so yeah, so I'll let you take the wheel, and you could go as deep as you want. You could go as little as you want. Like you could provide as much information as God lets you to do, and however you feel comfortable. Okay. Um. So yeah, take it from the top. Take it from the middle wherever okay so i want to say was it april i'm gonna i know the specific date we're gonna start from the very top so that we understand what's going on (laughs) april 14th april 14th my fiance lost his job um he got fired he got fired for something that both of us contributed and that's something I'm not comfortable disclosing. But he got fired and it wrecked us because he was the breadwinner. He has been paying my rent for the past two years of us living together. Um, and basically us being able to even purchase the wedding of our dreams was on his back because of the amount of income that he was making. So as a man who protects and provides or who saw his dad growing up, spoil his mom and give his family everything to lose his job and feel like he could no longer do that for me, wrecked him. And, you know, before he had already had some mental health issues going on, but this situation catapulted them and it brought up a lot of like issues that needed to be addressed, such as his self-worth, um, aligning who he was with having a job and how much money he made. And was God really at the center of all of that? You know? So, it was a lot going on. And we were trying to keep him positive, trying to, you know, get him, he had been in therapy, getting his therapist on board, um, increasing his therapy sessions. And honestly, he spiraled. <laughs> um, he was getting rejection after rejection. All the interviews that he was going to, he didn't. It wasn't leading anywhere. He said, I'm gonna bring this, but this, but that, but this. Um, the assessments that he was taking because he's in like the te- technology work realm. He has his degree in IT. So the assessments that he was putting in for certain um, jobs for software engineering, software developing, he was bombing, he wasn't doing well on, he was getting rejected from that. And he just felt like a walking rejection. He felt like going anywhere, he wasn't gonna be able to do anything. He felt like have to move out of our apartment that I was going to have to stay up here. He was going to have to move back home with his parents. And it was just, it was a lot of what ifs. It was a lot of stuff that was up in the air. But there were two very strong things at play here. One, he was trying to build his relationship with Christ throughout this journey. And two, God had blessed him with the ability for his DJing to take off and become a lot more fruitful. So from the moment he lost his job up until now, he earned thousands of dollars worth of income just from DJing. Um, And in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, should you be doing this full time? But I I think because of his mental state and because there was still a lot more stuff that God wanted him to work on, he didn't want him to go full time with that just yet. So I think there was a lot more things that, you know, we needed to really sit down and hear from God on. And because I I am a Christian, because I have been getting closer to God, I know the best way to hear from Him is to fast. 
Now. <laughs> yeah, hear that? Fast. <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm a Capricorn. I'm about two, three, four, five. And it, it gets to the point where I could be out with my friends and we'll finish the whole bottle, which is it's just not healthy. It's not healthy for our livers. It's not healthy for our minds. It's not healthy for our spirits. The Bible literally says, do not be drunk with wine. And I'm drunk with wine. So I thought, <laughs> I thought it would be a fantastic idea for me to fast liquor. And I said that I, I didn't put a name on it. I said, I'm going to fast liquor until my fiance gets a job offer. And my fiance. Let's said, slow down. Sorry. Because I uh-huh. want to, I don't want people to miss this. Uh-huh. Um, there had to be a level of faith for you to even do that. Yeah. There had to be a a lot of faith for you to even like take on that challenge. Uh, And it's not like to give context. It's not like she'll have a drink twice a year. You know, like she drinks. That's part of her social scenes. Every time she hangs out with her friends, which she does frequently, they drink. So you took something that's hard. Mm-hmm. Something that you enjoy a lot. I love me some tequila. And you had to have a level of faith, want to believe that he would get a job. Because mm-hmm. I know people be like, "Oh yeah, anyone could get it up, can get a job, and lose a job." But if you know the market right now, as you guys know, I was laid off, and he's also in the tech field. So it's not like he was a cashier at McDonald's, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm using that example because McDonald hires and fires so easily. It wasn't a easy feel where people are coming, constantly coming in and out. This is tech, and as you could, the interview process for tech in general takes a while. Like his could take off, six months. Let me provide more context to where he was working. He was working for a Fortune 500 company. Like, this wasn't no baby job. This, yeah. was, this wasn't an hourly job. This is a grown man job. This was a salary position where he got frequent bonuses, raises, benefits, et cetera, et cetera. And he had been getting those benefits since the beginning of time. Like, when he first got the job, he put me on his life insurance, and I was just his girlfriend. He could have died at any moment, and I would have gotten 30 k Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that, man? <laughs> no, seriously. Um... Yeah, so I want you guys to get context. So that's why I wanted to slow down just a bit so people could understand, like, the, like people are like, okay, he got fired, he's going to get it. No, it's not that easy. It's not, the, it's, the process of getting hired takes at least, like, three months. Like, because it's frequent interviews. They have to go, they have to pull through multiple candidates. You have to fill out assessment. Yeah. So you set yourself up for, to be in this for a while. I was, I was in it for the long haul. Yeah. yeah. I was in uh, it definitely took a certain level of faith, but like I said, I know from getting closer to him, the best way to hear from him is to clear out all those distractions. And drinking was a distraction. Okay. Uh, it was a distraction and it was preventing me from being able to hear clearly from him because at this point, he lost his job April 14th. All doors are being closed in our faith. Our savings account is beginning to become depleted. And I made the decision to fast on May 24th. Okay. Um, so how was that? Sorry, but I just want like you know us to really get a 
better understanding. So from April 24th to May 26th, you said? Huh? You said from April 14th, May 24th. So what was happening during that? Um, like I said, his mental health was declining. That was the bulk of it. Uh, I mean, I we eventually had to get him a psychiatrist to get put on medicine. He could no longer do virtual therapy. Like his therapist was like, "You need to be seen in person because this is getting a little <clears throat> severe." She was on the brink of sending police officers to our house to do a suicidal assessment on him some nights. Wow. Um, I had to remove firearms out of the house, like. He was not okay. And you became it, the sole provider, the sole nurturer, the yeah, sole everything. Eventually, and I was the sole nurturer emotionally because nobody really understood the depths of his mental health. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So from that point, he also decided to fast something. And I'm not going to leave this out. If he wants to talk about his testimony, he can. But he decided to fast that. And he broke his fast because he thought, oh, God told me I'm okay now. And I was like, if that's what he told you, you go right ahead. But I'm not breaking it just yet because mm-hmm. I said that I wasn't going to break it until XYZ happened. Right. So and um, he had a potential job. And that job required something that he needed to fast for. Mm. Like, in order to obtain that job, he was going to have to continue to fast. Right, right, right. He right. was like, ooh. And he was so confused because he was like, how are you able to hear from God? How are you able to know this type of stuff? Like, you you decided to fast, like, last week. You didn't even know that this job was going to require that. How did you know that God was telling you to, for us to do that? And I was like, baby, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clear cut answer as to how you can hear from God, but I just know how he speaks to me. And when he speaks to me, it's pretty bold and it's pretty clear. Do this at this time and don't stop until this happens. So that's a, that's a lot of um young believers and non-believers. Like when people yeah. say, I heard from God, what does that mean? Like people are always yeah. like, what does that mean? So is it like through prayer time? I, that's, and that's what he was trying to ask me. Is it audibly? inaudibly like he'll put it in my head and i know that it's him because i would never say something like that i would never just up and say let me stop drinking i'm happy (laughs) well there (laughs) not a drink isn't it the devil no way but but also like you know there's a certain level of discernment right and um i was in bible study with my in-laws leading up into this moment and we read uh priscilla shire's Priscilla Shears, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but discerning the voice of God. And um, and that's what we're going to be reading during our prayer group. Just for um, context, me and Alexia and I met through that prayer group. Um, and we decided to, uh, how we got really close is in the beginning of the year in January, she hit me up. Like we would text here and there. Um, and she was like, let's fast. And I was like, why not? <laughs> and then every day we would get on the phone and fast together. And God has brought us closer than ever. And really, really grateful for our friendship. So just to give everybody context of like how we met. Um, mm-hmm. And we're still in that prayer group. And we're going to be reading that book as well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to read that book a second time and go more in depth in it. Because it's a really, really good book. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like. 
since I have embarked on the journey of getting closer to God, he's worked with me on my discernment. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me. I don't really have a clear answer to it because right. I don't have a rule book to hearing God. Right. Everybody you have a different relationship with him i just i know personally when he's speaking to me and i try to discern whether it's my, me and my thoughts mm-hmm. or god and his thoughts mm-hmm. and it took me a while to get here sometimes i get it wrong sometimes i miss the mark but i mean that's just the nature of it and i really didn't have a clear answer when my fiance asked how do you know it's him i'm like i just know you can trust me you don't have to you can go do your own thing but i'm telling you what I believe God is trying to lead us to do. Mm-hmm. And the next week when that job told them, hey, we can't hire you unless you, you know, come back. Unless he was supposed to do what he was supposed to do to begin with with the bass. He was like, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. So I guess you got to get back to fasting. He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he started back his fast. And after that, God was just like, why don't you look like you guys got married? Mind you, I am the head of his treatment team, and it's a lot going on. Like I said, finances are being approved. I'm the only one in the house working. Um, and so you guys are engaged, set to be married when? Next June. Okay. We have been engaged for a year, though. Okay. We Like, May 25th, which is <laughs> crazy because I started the fast May 24th. 24. Right? right? So, May 24th. To provide more context, like a couple days before that was like the one year mark of us being engaged. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so set to be married next June. Next June. And while you're fasting from alcohol, because mm-hmm. you're believing, you know, for your 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 partner to get a job mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. help him through all of that, God tells you to get married. Yeah. Seriously. Like, okay. like now, in my mind, I never really wanted a big wedding. I wanted something small and intimate. But also, in my mind, I thought it would be a good idea. You know, gen- gen- generally speaking, you get married before your actual wedding date. Right. Because you have to get the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I thought it would be cute to get married exactly a year before our actual wedding date so our wedding date was set for june 15th 2024 mm-hmm. so i was like why why mix up the dates let's get married june 15th 2023 and i was like yeah get married and i was like uh, <laughs> do you see the way your son acting right now okay i'll bring it to him i don't know if he's gonna agree so i came to my fiance about it and i was like hey look what do you think about us getting married and he was just like, I don't have a job right now. I don't feel comfortable marrying somebody if I'm not on my feet. If I ain't got my ducks in a row, I want to be able to protect and provide, et cetera, et cetera. He was not feeling me. And I was like, I'm not going to pressure you to do anything that you don't want to do. But I do need you to understand my marriage to you has nothing to do with what you can give me. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the way that I feel about you and the fact that God placed us in each other's lives for a reason. And right. he wants us to make this union whole to make this union before him official. Um, that's why I would marry you. I wouldn't marry you because of how much money you make or because of how tall you are, how muscular you are, what you can do for me. I'm marrying you because of me. And hopefully one day you will see and understand that. Um, so a couple of day go, days go by 
and you know, I bring it up to him again, like, hey, have you thought about it some more? And he's at, now he's just like, you know what? Yeah, let's just do it. And I'm like, okay. So I booked the date for June 15th. And Plus. <laughs> because even as you're saying this, I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, the listeners are like, huh? Because yeah. you're fasting. Mm-hmm. You're antsy. His mental health is declining. You're the sole provider. Mm-hmm. You're tired. And if you don't know, her job is like not a walk in the park. Just no, to say I, that. I work with children with autism. Yeah. If you really need more context while he's losing his mind, literally. I was wrapping up my whole master's degree. <laughs> I just finished my master's program, May 14th. <laughs> ten, day, ten days before I started this class, I just finished my master's program. And I was finishing it while he's going through all of these changes mentally. And my, my job, like she said, is not a walk in the park. I've been working with children with autism for the past three or four years. And it's rough. I've been bit, kicked, but, you know, punched, slapped, and... You know, lucky for me, this new clinic isn't as intense, but it's far from easy. Yeah. The job, is, the job is definitely emotionally taxing. So to have, like, such an emotionally taxing job and come home to this emotionally taxing situation, I was tired. <laughs> yeah, so just, like, if I didn't know the situation, I'm like, then why? The, why <laughs> why yeah. would we get married now? Like, what were but your that, thoughts I'm on it? I'm telling you, this was not me. This was not. My thing is, I would not have wanted to. God placed the desire on my heart to the point where it was bugging me. Like, get married, get married, get married, get married, get married, let's get married, let's get married. What would it look like if we got married, get married, get married? And I have been engaged for a year. It has never bugged me this damn much. (laughs) I I, I was just prepared for our wedding. But it was just a constant thing in my mind. And that's that's a way that God speaks to us because He spoke to me the exact same way when it came to this podcast. Like every single day would be on my mind. It was so very much annoying. It wasn't like it was like <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's a way that God speaks to us through like constant nag. I don't want to say nagging, but um. <laughs> but He's just that's how it felt though. Yeah. So- when I booked the date, I'm like, okay, this is cute. The year before, cute, 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 cute. The second I booked that date, it goes down here. So what did you book okay. it? What day do you remember? I booked that day two weeks in advance. It fell on a Sunday. Uh, so if I, if it's the fifth, I booked the date uh, June, well, no, May 28th. Wow. So four days after you started your fast. Yeah. Boom, let's get married. Well, no, no, I said it was a Sunday. So I booked it June fourth. Okay. Oh. Okay. A week can't pass. Okay. Remember, a week, a week pass. So I booked it June fourth. Wow. Uh, so yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be cute, y'all." It goes downhill. It goes downhill. Was in like that two week period. I had to call off the work twice because of his mental health. I had to remove the firearms out of the house. Um, I had his therapist on speed dial. I had to reach out to her twice because of his mental health and him wanting to commit suicide. Um, <laughs> I had to sit in on one of his therapy sessions because she wanted me to come and sit in and so that he could tell me to my face how he's been feeling and where his emotions are. And we just had to, you know, as a collective, give him support. It was a lot. It was a lot. 
it was a lot. That's but, a like, lot. The, the weekend before, like last weekend, his sister came up and I was driving her around, making sure her and her friends were okay. And then that Monday, this past Monday, it hits the fan. I hit my breaking point because I did all this throughout the whole weekend to make sure he was okay. And he was on top of the world. He saw his friends. He made some money. He made memories. And then Monday comes and a flip switches again. Monday the 12th. Yeah. And he starts spiraling. Like, you know what? You're right. Everything you're saying is right. Please make a decision. Am I going to end it here or am I going to keep fighting? Wow. And I was like, this is not okay. So I, I tapped out. His mother is a licensed psychologist. I text her. I said, I'm at my breaking point. Call your son. I text his therapist. I said, if you're up right now, please call your client. And I came into the office and I broke down crying. Because I was like, God, I know good and well you do not want me to marry somebody that's acting like this. You do not want me to marry somebody that does not have control over their emotions like this. You do not want me to marry somebody that's unstable. Help me help you. I want to leave. I can't take this anymore. Like, I'm bawling my eyes out praying to you. I get myself together. I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning, and I'm still, like, pissed. I'm still overwhelmed. And I get to work, and God says, text him and tell him no matter how much he pushes you away, you're going to marry God, I just told you last night I'm going to go somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm running away, God. <laughs> I'm serious, Grandpa. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, text him? So I, I, I text him, and he sends me, like, this three-and-a-half-minute voice message and this long paragraph. And he's just like, I'm so thankful for you. I don't take this lightly. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm sorry, et cetera, et cetera, right? So the following day, Tuesday, I realized, okay, well, we're two days out from this wedding. So, can we take a breather? Can we yeah. take a pause? Okay. Um, not my camera falling. Ouch. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I like to take pauses because, like, it it allows us to really like process uh, everything that you're saying, like. He was good on Sunday, and on Monday, flips. That's also, like, for anyone that has dealt with mental health, mm -hmm. can resonate with that. Like, it doesn't look like, a lot of people think people who are depressed or dealing with mental issues, they're down 100% all the time. Like, no. it literally could be your that friend that's the party animal that's the introvert the extrovert that's always that is always making everyone feel at home super positive and then come home and have these super deep thoughts um so i just wanted to take like a pause to acknowledge that like just to show awareness too that mental health like it's not linear it's not one-sided it's it's so diverse in that way and so sensitive um and people who have friends partners spouses parents who deal with mental health issues like hats off to you and that's a lot especially you're living you two are living alone and you guys are not living with your parents like 
and you guys are engaged to be married. So his mental load, mental health becomes your kind of responsibility, especially when you're married. The two become one. Mm-hmm. And God is telling you to marry someone that's, I would be terrified. Like the two become yeah. one. Like, I don't know how much of this I could take. And I know that sounds, that could sound insensitive, but until you're in that place, like it's a lot. So <laughs> I don't want to skim over that. That's that's a sacrifice. That's like you were obedient, but it wasn't like obedience where God was like, oh, yeah, I just want you to just say hi to the stranger and like tell them you're going to pray for them. Oh, that's so sweet. It wasn't nothing like something cute that you're going to uplift someone. This is um, you're at your lowest. Both of you are at your lowest. And God is saying, like, even so, I want you to be kind. And become one. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, it, it brings to memory something very important. Now that you said, like, oh, you know, his, when you become one, and his mental health, because my mental health, like, we're one. Literally. And I was literally um, in church, like, that Sunday, and the preacher literally says, um, marriage is so important because you're literally taking over the responsibility of cleaning up milk you didn't spill. <laughs> that is a perfect analogy. Literally. You know, like you're, you're literally accepting the fact that it may not have been you to make the mistake, but you still have to come help figure it out. And <sighs> that resonated because I was like, you ain't lying. Like, at the end of the day, if I'm choosing to become his wife, yes, his mental health is all over the place, but, you know, that's my husband. I'm going to stick beside him, and we're going to figure this out together. And Regardless of how your mental health is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just want to say this, because in this this world now, everybody's like, oh, the 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. And this analogy, when you're when you're with someone, it's not 50-50. Because, <laughs> like, he's at zero. She got to carry the 100. When she's at 70, and when he's at 30, she got to carry the 70. When she's at 10, he got to carry the 90. Mm-hmm. It can't be 50-50. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to literally carry each other's load. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not 50-50. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to say um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, another important thing to note is when we booked the date of June 15th, that is when I started to pray heavily. Okay. With God, if this marriage is of you, allow him to get a job offer on or before June 15th. God, if this marriage is of you, if you want us to do this, please allow him to get a job offer on or before June 15th. God, you know, not my God, you say in your word that men are supposed to do xyz he's unable to do that without a job he wouldn't even want to get married without this but we are being obedient to you so i need you to make this happen for us please 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 please, please. and so was that, that like your i don't want to say ultimatum but was kind of like a god i'm being obedient so mm-hmm. I, I need you to do this for me no not necessarily that's not how it works with obedience mm-hmm. um 
you, you're not just obedient just to get something from him. Right. Uh, it was more so, if this is what you're telling me to do, show me that I'm supposed to do it. Because right now, all I have to go off of is a word that you placed in my head. I have not visualized anything. And I need you to come continue to help guide us. If this is of you, show us, continue showing us, and continue to make sure that you are at the foundation of it. Because at the end of the day, if I'm getting married, and that's a union before God himself, I need to make sure this is the person you want me to marry. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that this is the decision that you want us to make. So please show us a sign, any sign. Please allow this to happen. And I'm putting up a scripture. I'm not ignoring her because I want to um bring up this this scripture real quick um just to bring you because i like to bring evidence from the bible right um based on what she's saying so gideon the story of gideon and she said that god asked her to do something and god is going to ask you to do you know different things as you grow closer to him like for example god asked me to do this podcast god asked her to get married and because it was such a difficult thing it holds no weight to me starting this podcast there's nothing against me from starting this like i you know she asked for signs um and there's nothing wrong with asking for signs there's nothing wrong with asking for clarification there's nothing wrong for asking follow-up questions there's nothing wrong for like god to be like god says to do this you're like are you sure please show me and i want to point out the story in the bible um gideon and um it's really quick I'll just say that Gideon, God had asked Gideon to lead an army. Gideon was a very small man. Um, hold on. And I'm going to find where exactly it is. Do you hear the truck outside? <laughs> oh my gosh. Bruh. <laughs> Like, bruh. Okay. So it says Gideon is known for being an unlikely leader. He did not see himself the way God saw him and responded to God's call with fear and resistance. Right? Um, Could you relate to that? Like, the resistance of, like, okay, cool. You want me to do this, but, um, the odds aren't in our favor right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, but he decided to go with the strength that he had, but he asked God to show him um, signs. So Judges 6, 1 through 7 is where you could find the story of Gideon. And I just want to, I'm just going to read um, just that. One. Okay, so Gideon, this is Judges 6, Judges 6, 16. The Lord said to Gideon, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So this is God saying, like, you know, I'll be with you while you're going through this war. And Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. 
Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked the young goat and, and um, with a basket of flour, he baked some bread. Then carried the meat in a basket and a broth in a pot. He brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, place the meat. And blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skim through this. And God did as he was told. Okay. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, Guinea asked for a sign. So, okay. Then Guinea said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will, this is the sign he's asking God to, to you know, prove okay. it to me this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet, would do in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. So he's basically saying, like, I'm going to put a rag on the floor. If I wake up the next morning and the rag is soaking wet, but the floor is dry, which is impossible, mm-hmm. then I know that it's you. And that and that is just what happened. When Gideon got up the early the next morning, he squeezed the fleas and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. That's how wet it was. Mm-hmm. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. So not only did he ask God for one sign and God, one test, God showed him exactly that. He went and asked again. He had the audacity to ask again, just to be 100% sure. He said, yeah. please don't be angry with like, me. It's kind of like, please tell me that. Yep. Uh, I don't think you heard me, God, but, um, so he made one more request. He said, let me use the fleece one more time. He said, this time let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with you. So the rag will be dry, but the floor will be wet, which don't make no sense. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. And then Gideon went on to do what God had told him. And I just brought that. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that story up. Because I think that I love the story of Gideon. Because every time I feel hesitant about going forth with what, I feel like God has asked me. I asked for signs. And there's nothing uh-huh. wrong with asking. Um, uh-huh. So that's exactly what you did there. Right. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was just like, hey, help me. Um. for a courthouse wedding? Um, so I called up there on Tuesday once I realized we were actually getting married and I needed to get my life together. And they said, basically, all you need is to fill out this application before you come and print it out. And then we just need you to uh, bring your driver's license. Oh, that's easy. Okay. And then it'll be $56. And I was like, oh. Now, in some states, you're not allowed to get your license and wed on the same day. Okay. But in the state of Georgia, you are. Mm. <laughs> so uh, we literally went at 8 o'clock in the morning to get our license. And 
the ceremony was at 6 p.m. You're supposed to show up 30 minutes prior, and all you need is the license. So wow. not <laughs> So I was like, okay. So once I got all that information together. Um, so that was, was this like, Tuesday. So yes, Monday, you were at your lowest. Tuesday, uh-huh. he said, text him. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you called and got all the information. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I went to, no, I went to the doctor first to get my birth control out. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, I did. And then I called up there to see what was going on. I had been having problems with my birth control, but God I was just like, you better get married, girl. Take that out. So I, I took Wait, wait, wait. Let me just tell you. <laughs> This girl with a kid so bad. Oh my gosh. So bad. So bad. I had baby fever for three years. And I can't wait till you become a mom. But okay. She took her birth control out. Then I, I, I just want to point out all of these are acts of faith. Because mm-hmm. anything could happen between Tuesday and Friday. I mean, Thursday. Yeah, I saw what's the difference between Sunday and Monday. So literally anything could happen. But and Tuesday, God was just like, get ready. And I was like, okay. These are actually so things. I started getting ready. Literally, Tuesday is the day that I ordered my dress. Wow. Tuesday is the day that I ordered my dress and shoes. Tuesday is the day that I booked my hair appointment. Tuesday is the day that I called up there for clarification on what we needed. Tuesday is the day that he booked his haircut appointment. Tuesday is the day we did everything. Tuesday is the day we sat down and filled out the application. It's the day that we literally did everything. And without even a cut clear answer, he didn't get a job no. yet because that's what you were been praying for, no. for you to be like. He was, he was interviewing, but that's it. Wow. Nope. Little nope. acts of faith. And that just shows the like, when you're scared, do it anyway. Do it scared. Do it. Do it scared. Do it scared. Do it scared. Do it broke. We were so broke. <laughs> it's not funny, but. We were so broke. Uh, do it broke, do it scared, do it. My fiance literally took money out of the savings just so I could get my hair done and feel beautiful for the day. Um, we, were, we, we were broke, we were scared, we were confused, but we did it. Okay, so Tuesday you well, got Let me not say confused. Let me not say confused. God is not the author of confusion. confusion. I was not confused. I was just perplexed. <laughs> you were just worried, but you were like. Yeah, yeah. And he's not the author of worry either. I'm pretty sure, like, the devil was tormenting me thinking that I was getting it wrong or trying to deter me from doing this. But at the end of the day, I knew God placed it on my heart, so we just kept it pushing. And it's so crazy because Wednesday comes around, and I'm nervous because my hair appointment's at 3.15. Um, I don't know if the dress is going to get here on time. Mm-hmm. Um, he still ain't got a job. <laughs> but uh, my hair appointment's at 3.15, but I don't go up until 4. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna worry about it. I went to work. I checked the schedule. I saw somebody that got off at three. So I asked them to switch shifts with me. Did what you was your shift? Huh? What time were you supposed to get off? Four. Okay. They got off at three. My hair appointment was at three fifteen, and the shop was only ten minutes away from my job. Okay. So they were like, "Yeah, sure, I'll switch with you." Wow. And I was about to proceed and tell them why I need to switch. And I was just like, wait, you're not even going to ask why I need to switch with you? She said, girl, that's your business. And I was wow. like. Wow. We love those co-workers. Wow. What? And so I went to the clinic manager and I was like, yeah, I'm switching shifts with Michelle. And he was just like, okay. Wow. And I was like, okay. So, and I was, 
I dropped my kid. My, my kid's parent was running 15 minutes behind. wasn't going to be here until 3.15. So the clinic manager was like, oh, I'll watch him. And my wow. boss was just like, oh. My boss was like, yeah, I'll shut down the room for you and clean it up. And my son. Wow. And I was like, what is happening? That's amazing. And that just yeah. shows that, like, when you're obedient, God will make room. God will make space. God will bring people to help. God will make things align. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I left and I get to the brain shop. They start working on me immediately. And I just knew by the time I sat down that my chair, my braids were going to be fired. And they did not disappoint. Her braids look really good. Like, the length. It was fire. And it only took five hours. They were super cheaper than a lot of the, you know, I live in Atlanta. They want you to come wash, blow dry, press out. They want you to help them put the braids in your head. And they want to charge you. Uh, arm and leg. But Wait, I didn't even tell the listeners that we're not together. We're on FaceTime and this is being screen recorded. She's in yeah. Atlanta. I'm in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell the viewers this, but yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. we're literally screen recording this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm in Atlanta and all this stuff is, is, is the hairstylists are just trash out here. Um, so I just, I went, I went to the shop. I, I went to the African brain mm-hmm. shop and they got me right. You can't get on with that. I was really excited. Now, I did miss out. Uh, one of my coworkers decided to leave the company and go elsewhere. She was having, like, a last day drinks. But, oh, you know, fasting then- from drinking. Wow. In addition to fasting from drinking, I was supposed to get married the next day. So I told them I couldn't come. But they were so supportive. Like, oh, we can't wait till your union. Send us pictures. Yeah. And I just want to point out, and I keep interrupting because the Holy Spirit is just giving me things. When you said that your plan, your original plan was to celebrate with your coworker that's leaving with Mm -hmm. drinks, and that's something that you wouldn't hesitate to do. And because of this fast, and this just reminded me, um, there's a scripture in the Bible, and I don't know exactly where it is, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it literally says to flee from temptation. And God mm-hmm. will provide you with a way out, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like to point it out for sexual sin. Like when you end up, your partner is supposed to refrain from sex, but you guys are like, you know, heated. You guys are supposed to literally flee from each other. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. separate. But this brings like, you know, to this specific thing, like temptation. You were, alcohol is a temptation. It's something mm-hmm. that you enjoy, something that you stay away from. And although it, you would have had wet, you know, and maybe you probably wouldn't have drink, but it would have been in your face. It would have been a mm-hmm. temptation. And that was kind of like God giving you a way out, too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out, too. Cool. Go ahead. He was making a way for everything to fall away to His mental health is still where it's at. He didn't miraculously become healed yet. And it will come to pass in Jesus' name. He doesn't have a job yet. Your dress is not even here yet. 
Oh, I didn't tell you. I asked a photographer Tuesday to come on Thursday, and I didn't even have money to pay him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about faith. Yeah. Like this, and I and I hope you guys just hear like the overwhelming of little grips of faith that she's just putting out, like. Mm-hmm. And y'all just laughing, giggling with y'all friends hours yeah. before y'all supposed to get married. Yeah. What? No, we're friends. not telling. But like I said, we're not telling any of our friends or family. So our friends are coming over. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. They just know that we're partaking in a fast. Okay. Um. So, which is what I told them before they even came over. I didn't tell them we were fasting, but I said, hey, we're not drinking right now. So when you guys come over for tacos, just don't expect us to have drinks. Yeah. Like, if there's anything here, you're more than welcome to it, but we won't be partaking. And they were like, okay, if y'all aren't drinking, we aren't drinking. We're drinking virgin drinks with y'all. It's okay. That's amazing. Uh, yes. Having friends, people around you that support you. Mm-hmm. Okay. We love it. We'd love to see it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, um, the company, a company that you've been interviewing with all week, hit him up Wednesday night and was like, hey, we'd love for you to come in for a final interview on Thursday. Um, this is his, this is his fourth or fifth interview with the company. He's, talk, he's met with everybody at this point. Oh he has God. met the CEO. He has met the lead of HR. He's met the person that he's supposed to be. Well, the interview for Thursday is the interview with the person that he's supposed to be working with closely every single day. And as so, a person that uh, was a recruiter, I hate these type because, like, why are we dragging it? Like. If you met the CEO, who else are you going to meet after that? Like, it, it yeah. just don't make no sense, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're on his fourth or fifth interview, and I get we get up that morning, and I just feel peace. Okay. I feel peace, and we get up, and I'm nervous, but we, we go to the courthouse, and I mean, we get the license. It took like five minutes. <laughs> And we get in the car, and we're like, okay, we're going to come back and get this show on the road. I'm texting the photographer, and still ain't got no money to pay him. And then I finally asked my fiance, and he was just like, fine. So we reach in the savings again, <laughs> and we get money for the uh, for the photographer. Okay. And, um, I head out to try to get, I get my t- toes painted. Couldn't afford a pedicure, but I get my toes painted because the shoes that I ordered are open toe. And I went to Walmart and I got him his wedding ring for $30. Wow. <laughs> so how is his mood during this? He's, he's pretty chill. Okay. Like, honestly, he's pretty chill. He's really just trusting God. Okay. Like, if I... I wish I could flip the camera, but I'm sitting at his desk, and he has sticky, sticky notes um, all around here. He has Matthew 34. He has trust God, believe in God, um, don't let your yesterday ruin today. Ruin your yesterday. Is God in it? He has every like all of his sticky notes here, reminding him who God is. Whole bunch of scriptures up here. He had, it, it's just he's been growing his faith with God. So I can attest to Thursday morning him feeling fine. Okay. None of the things that he was showing on Monday was occurring today. Amen. Uh, thankfully, on Tuesday when we reached out to his psychiatrist, we were able to get his medicine switched over to something else that could possibly decrease those suicidal ideations. So Thursday he was feeling pretty good. Um, and. I was, like I said, I was out running errands, and when I came back, it was time for his interview. 
And I was like, okay, versus just sitting here listening to everything that's happening in the interview, I'm going to go take a shower. But y'all, when I took a shower, I was sick. I was so nervous for him. Like, of course, we prayed together before this interview. But when I was in the shower, I was kind of like nauseous and lightheaded. And I'm, so I was his, his interview is the day of the wedding? Yes. Okay. Okay. Four hours before to be. Oh, wow. <laughs> so gotcha. I, I, I was trying to get ready. And um, I, I'm feeling like super, super sick. And I'm praying in the shower, like, God, please allow this to go well. Please allow, you know, you said in your word, you said in your word, please, God, show us a sign. Allow me to get a job off before the wedding. Allow me to get a job off So that's when all the emotions. The worry, yeah. the frustration, the anxiety came That's when up. everything came to a, a tip for me. Okay. And then I get out the shower and I'm sitting on the bed and I'm still trying to like calm myself down and drink some water because like I said, I was feeling nauseous and I was feeling kind of dizzy. And I'm, I, I, I calm myself down and then I hear him in the interview cracking up. <laughs> like, he is like, ah, 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 and he's just going back and forth with the guy that he's interviewing with. So he gets out of the interview and he was just like, wow, that was great. He was like, it was only supposed to last 20 minutes, but we were in there for like 45 to an hour. That's a good sign. So he walks Lilo, takes a shower, gets ready for the wedding on his part. Lilo is their dog, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I come in the into my little vanity area. If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. I go to my vanity area and I'm doing my makeup. And my makeup is just not going well. Not really feeling it. I had to wipe off my eyebrows and redo it. I, I ran out of my eyebrow pencil. That's, that's a whole other strange spot. As I'm doing my makeup, my dress arrives. Oh my god! I forgot about the dress. Oh wow! <laughs> so what time is it now? Like two? No, it's past two. The interview was at two. It is three thirty. Oh my! It is three thirty. I told the photographer we were going to be there at four forty-five, and my dress gets here. This is this would have had my anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. you must got you must got married in jeans and a t-shirt. Like at this point, yeah, girl. So I finished doing my makeup, and I was like, I still haven't tried on the dress. Hope it fits. Wow. So, <laughs> I I put the dress on, and I'm like, can you please like you know tie the slip in the back and. He could not zip it up, but it wasn't because it didn't fit. It's because the zipper kept getting stuck. You know, guys and zippers don't get off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he was able to get it zipped up. And when I looked at the stuff, I'm like, it fits like a glove. It, it, it didn't even need any alterations. Wow. But we rushed out to the room. Is that there. something that usually happens when you order dresses? Do, do you? Yeah, like okay. I need to get an alter. Like wow. the dress that we wear for our, what, what I was supposed to wear for our engagement shoot, it, it still needs to be altered. It's wow. Okay. So, um, because, you know, I'm a plus-size girl. And buying the dresses for plus-size girls is, that doesn't need to be altered. It's, it's just a win. It's rare. Okay. So, on our way out the door, he gets a phone call from the guy that he had been interviewing with. On the way out the door. On the way out the door. To so, y'all address. Y'all like, all right, let's do this. We're, we're fully dressed. Makeup on. Smelling good. Looking good. We are at the door about to take pictures before the ceremony. And he gets the call. And where he gets the call, we get in the car, and we're on the way there. And he finally hangs up. He looks at me and says, "They offered me the job." <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm laughing not because it's funny, but laughing because God is just. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and she could attest to this. So she called me. She provided more details <laughs> on this mm-hmm. than she did when she told me. And as she is gearing up to tell me like this, I knew it was coming. I was like, okay, let me set my phone down so I can stop praising. <laughs> and I just started screaming. I'm yeah. like, She's probably saying that she was like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they offered me the job and it was four grand below what I was asking for. And what he was asking for was already twenty to thirty below what he was receiving before. So he took a pay cut for this job and I said, You know what? I think you should continue interviewing because maybe God wants to humble us during the season and something is better than nothing. Um, and he was just like, you know what, you're absolutely right. So on the phone, when, he, when they already offered four grand below what he was asking for, he was like, I feel like, you know, that was my final test from God. But I told them that I was going to go ahead and accept it. And they said, oh, okay. Well, after your first 90 days, you know, you can get that additional four grand. <laughs> Glory! Glory to God. So can you walk us through that moment? I was just like, you can't tell me that ain't real. I was clapping. I was looking out the window. I was like, ain't no way this happened on the way to the courthouse. We kept looking at him. We kept looking at each other like, on the way to get married is insane. And that's the only thing we could say. Were y'all in an Uber or like y'all was driving? We were driving. (laughs) I would have pulled over. I would have we ran across the freeway. And we're looking at each other. And we're already running late. So our, uh, our, like, at this point, it's just adrenaline. We're running off straight adrenaline. And we're like, on the way to get married. <laughs> and it's so crazy because he was looking at me. And I was like, well, you thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. He said, I'm not going to lie. It was touching up for a while. I didn't think you were crazy. <laughs> and he was just like, you were right. This was God. This is what God wanted for me. And I was like, yeah. Woo. We. God did it. Like, we're here. We're through. Like, I, at that moment, it was a sign. Like, we have made it to the other end of the storm. We have made it to the pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow. Um, God is forever and always here with us. And we, I will no longer question whether or not he's real. Because for it to have unfolded the way that it did, you can't tell me it wasn't God. Ah. <sighs> And just hearing it in a second time, I'm still like, I. And he, he told the man that he was interviewing with, he was like, Joe, hit the man jumped from the ass. When he started, he was like, I said, I can start tomorrow. He was like, you know what? You can start Monday. And my fiance, well, my husband. <laughs> Your husband. My husband was like, oh, well, you know, we're taking a family vacation at the end of the month that we've already planned for. He was just like, yeah, we can start you on Monday so you can use your PTO while you're on vacation. Do y'all understand that? Like, anybody knows that when you first get hired, you don't get PTO, like, until 90 days, 60 days. He was able to get clearance to use his PTO. That means he's going to be on vacation getting paid in his new job. Yeah, after starting. Y'all not hearing. Like, that is, that is, like, I was going to say insane, but that's just God, like. And it's like, you know, one of the errands that I ran, while I was, like, getting my toes done and getting his ring, I had to stop by the bank to get the cash out for the photographer. And I didn't even have enough money (laughs) to get out the full amount. 
because my account was going to go in overdraft. So I was missing like $5 for the photographer. And on the way there, after finding out that he got his um, job offer, I'm searching around my purse and I find an additional $20. Cute. She didn't tell me this, by the way, but. Yeah. So I'm like, everything was just working out. I don't know. Oh my God. Alexia. <laughs> yeah, that. <sighs> With the photographer was taking our pictures, and I was just like, he was like, you, "Am I really the only person that y'all told that you were gonna be here today?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, Ooh. <laughs> and he took our pictures, and they turned out beautiful. I can't wait to get the edits back. Um, and it was just such a peaceful, joyful moment, like. We didn't tell any of our any of his family or any of our family about his job offer until after the ceremony. Like we went through the entire ceremony and I asked him, like, hey, do you wanna call somebody, you know, while we were waiting? And he was just like, No, I just wanna enjoy this moment with my wife. And I was like, oh. So we, we went through the ceremony, we didn't record it. The only person that was our witness was God himself and the judge and the other people that were getting married. And yeah. <sighs> And it's so crazy because this is the man God definitely intends for me to be with because after the ceremony, we go out to eat. And at this restaurant right across the street from the house, we ordered all of their specials. I finally had my little drink, y'all, after my fast. But God had put it in my heart to remember the verse of don't be drunk with wine. So, I, you know, he had been working on me. He said, no, like, even after this fast, don't go back to doing it to the magnitude of which we're doing it. Do everything in moderation and do not get drunk no more. Like, chill out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I got that drink, I was just like ordering it. And the lady asked me, she was like, hey, do you want a double or do you want a tall? And I was just like, no, you can just give me a short drink. <laughs> and he looked at me, he was like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, would have been like, give me the biggest one you got. But no, I got my little drink and I was, I was satisfied. And we ordered food. And while we were sitting at the bar, there was a, a man there, and we, we said a couple of words to him, but not too much. And then he said, he gave the bartender his phone. He said, Hey, you can keep my phone. I forgot my wallet at home, and I'm coming right back to pay. And Brandon was like, How many of those did you order? And the man was like, Two. He was like, Okay, I'll pay for it. Wow. We don't have money. <laughs> He's so in the seed. We barely had enough money to pay the photographer. Like, I used my credit card to get his $30 ring. Like, we don't have money. And Brandon was like, no, you're fine, you're fine. That's so in the sea. That's like, his faith automatically increased. Because he rolled his eyes like huffed and puffed after the photographer, like, we don't have it. Mm -hmm. Now he's willing to buy a stranger drinks. Mm -hmm. Because he knows, he has, like, that deep understanding that God will provide mm -hmm. all of my needs. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, he, he's being restored and renewed. And yeah. I feel it deeply. And God bless him with the opportunity to DJ on Sundays from 12 to 4. Um, but it cuts into his, it cut into his ability to for the past two weeks to so come to church with me in person. Mm. 
So um, I had been going to church without him or, and after this past Sunday, the manager was like, yeah, we're not just getting enough people, so we're going to change your time from two to six. Wow. So he's still going to get that flat rate pay um, DJing there, and he's going to be able to still go to church with me every morning on Sunday, and I feel like everything is just working out for our community. That's amazing. And, um, bless you. Thank you. <sighs> and I'm still in awe by it. And, like, there's just so many different layers to it. Like, we, like I said, we were depleting our savings account, and this previous company released all of this 401k um, that he accrued and they matched um, for him, which was a lot of money. And, and he didn't they, have access to it. Right. Yeah, and that didn't have access to it at first. And of course, withdrawing it, we're going to have to do a penalty. But at the end of the day, he's only 25 years old, and we have time to build up our 401k again because I feel like God is allowing us to start fresh. And all of our savings that got defeated, we can replace with that money, or we can keep it in. Yeah, I would advise you to keep it because that penalty is going to yeah. be heavy. But is he, with his new job, is he getting a 401k? Mm-hmm. So he's able to transfer that. Yeah. He, he so he'll be he'll be able to transfer and continue to grow. Whatever he wants to do, if he wants to remove it, if you the money there, that's that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the money there, glory to God! Wow, mm-hmm. y'all. When she told me this, I just couldn't stop crying, and not like I. But the only thing that kept going through my head it was just like God is so good, like mm-hmm. just in awe. And I before this, I was praying, um, as I usually do before we start this, and I'm just like. It's not necessarily materialistic things. It's not about the jobs. It's about the things that we have no control over. It's about the things that only God can provide. The peace that he felt, that you both felt, the provision, the mm-hmm. things like the the um, the relief. Mm-hmm. You know, the faith that he restored and built up. Like, these are things that none of us could do but God. And the uh, and the story, the testimony that comes out of that. I feel like you know another intricate part of the testimony that I don't speak about too often, and that plays a huge role in you understanding the significance of him getting fired, is that the incident that he got fired for happened two weeks before he got fired. He was not notified to go into an investigation open, and he had worked for two weeks. It was fully expecting to, you know, be back at work on Monday. And they called him and was just like, yeah, you're done. But what's important about that is that for those two weeks, he was struggling with one of the tasks that he had. And nobody in the company was able to help him. And he was getting really, really frustrated. And he's like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. This is not my purpose. I'm not just supposed to sit here and click buttons until something works. Like, he was so frustrated. And Thursday night, I took his hand. And I prayed with him. I said, God, if this job is mine, you will remove me. Wow. The next day, he got fired. The power of prayer, the power of fasting, the power Mm -hmm. of obedience. All God needs is your yes. And that yes is not just a verbal, but an action word. Mm -hmm. And he will do the rest. Mm-hmm. 
not easy. It taught me a lot about what marriage will look like and mm. the, the amount of like work and trials and tribulations that you may endure with your significant other. And like that pastor said, I am agreeing to clean up milk that I did not spill. That you will endure. <laughs> yeah. That is, it's, because it's going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's promised. We're, we're all, like. That the weapons will not prosper. Not that they won't fool yeah. You know? So it's going to happen. But, you know, it's one of those things where if you really have faith in God, if you really trust that He can do anything, that He can move mountains, that He can restore, that He can heal, that He can. He's a supernatural God. I can't even put Him in a box as to what He can do. If you believe that, Boy, if you said if you believe that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you and your sins, there's no telling what he will do for you. And I just want to emphasize that faith is an action word. Like mm-hmm. it's something that has to be worked. It's like a muscle that has to be worked in order to grow stronger. Absolutely, because although yes, you will face trials in your marriage Mm -hmm. and this is what i told alexia i was like you need to write all of this down you need to write this Mm -hmm. testimony down because there will be moments where you're gonna question your marriage your question your spouse feel like this is too much (laughs) right but because you had worked that muscle you had you had put it into work all these Mm -hmm. little things that's why i can't bring it up like little actions of faith that you did like ordering Mm -hmm. the dress sending that text, you know, like, you know, getting your hair done, not having enough money, but still booking the, like, these little steps that you took, right, mm-hmm. will come to remembrance, like, oh, okay, we've been here before. Mm-hmm. We've been down and out and broke before. Mm-hmm. We've lost a job before. Mm-hmm. We've been stressed before. We've been anxious before. Our mental health has been has declined before. And then what will come to your remembrance is this exact moment when God said, but I am here. But I am God. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's even more amazing because the root of his, like, son, because I was literally right before this, we were talking, I'm like, Brendan was okay. And then, boom, all of this happens. Like, what was it? And she said, like, the loss of his job. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with mental health. Like, the triggers may not make sense. Right. And it was, like, triggers within triggers of the losing his job. So not only did he get fired, but applications are being rejected. Interviews aren't going well. Money is getting depleted. Like, everything became a trigger. Him checking his email was a trigger. He could only look at his email between certain hours of the day because of how triggering it was. So, you never know. Like, we all just a couple paychecks short, a couple situations away, a couple this, that, and the third from ex- experiencing something so mentally taxing that only God can restore. Literally. And I would just definitely, like, um, want to submit this too is like for anyone that's going through this season um 
or if you ever find yourself going through a tough season. Like, for example, when you said that he was constantly checking his email and, you know, and being Uh triggered, these are the moments where you constantly check the Bible. When you look for his word. Yeah, and I was encouraging him. I'm like, hey, open up your word. Read your Bible. And that's when he started to do his morning devotionals, which is really helping them better understand the mm-hmm. word and about different stories in the Bible that align with his. But, you know, I think the word really allows you to know since the land before time, since your great, 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 great grandparents were here on earth, like well before that. <laughs> People have experienced what you're going through. The word is so powerful, and the word is not just like, oh, I'm just reading like artifacts about what happened. No, the word is alive. Like it is, it, it it's alive. And it, it, it is life changing. Certain stuff will literally pop out and speak to you in your current situation. You will get convicted. It, like it's not I, for the weak. The Bible is an interesting read. You read about a lot of stuff. You read about <laughs> houses getting burned down, people getting raped, yeah. uh, somebody's brother doing them dirty. Like, Daughters raping their fathers, but um, right. yeah. <laughs> the Bible is an interesting read. Yeah, it's and it's, and that's and I don't remember which pastor, but I think it's Transformation Church. Um, church said this is like the Bible is the only book that reads you. Yeah, and it does because you read it, and you feel convicted. You read it and be like, and you'll get revelation. You read it and you feel some type of way. You read it and emotions bring out. This is the only book that does that um, and applies knowledge. It is a living book. It's a living word. So I encourage you all, like, we are going through difficult times. And I know that's easier said than done, but turn to the word. Because once you know the word, and I'm not saying, you know, like, Word for word, what Matthew so thirteen? Sorry, it's okay. What Matthew thirteen thirty six says, but knowing the word and letting it read you, because when you're going through these things, and I'm gonna use my example, um, my life. I'm sorry. Um, moments when I feel like down or whatever, whatever, what. Brings what comes to my remembrance, just like right now, like we're, as we're talking, the Holy Spirit will bring to my remembrance the word, like the story of Gideon, the this and this and that, because it's applicable to any and all situations. It brings yeah. about perspective, it brings about mm-hmm. comfort, it brings about peace, and also it is the number one way, it is the best way to, to pray to God, is by bringing yeah. forth His word. Like, a lot of Bring us forth his word to him. Exactly. Like, 
when I think about, as you guys know, I'm currently unemployed. I, I, I'm going to stop saying that because I have a job. Like, my nonprofit is my job. And I am not. I'm self-employed. Let me just say that. I mean, I currently don't have an income. Let me just re- rephrase that because there's power in the tongue. Um, and I currently don't have an income. And, so, and anytime I feel worried, I remember his word. And in his word, it says, when you do his will, when you do what he has called you to do, when you've been obedient, whatever he has called you to do, it will be successful. So that I bring that I bring that forth to my remembrance and I remind him too. Not that God forget, but I know that he's the man that cannot lie. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I like to use this analogy and I got it from um, one of the pastors. It's like, imagine you have a daughter or a son, a child, right? And you told your daughter or your, or your son like, oh, after school, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you to get ice cream. What do you think that that little boy or girl is going to get as soon as they get in the car? Mom, we're getting ice cream. Not that, not that, um. To piggyback off of that, the word really says to be childlike. Exactly. Exactly. Because that kid went to school with the only thought that, I'm getting ice cream. My mom promised that she's getting me ice cream when she picks me mm-hmm. up. So when I get in the car, I'm going to remind her because my mom said this and she, that's her promise and she has to upheld her promise, you know, her promises. Not that, uh, you know, you may have forgotten. And what do you do once that child is like, mommy, you said we're going to get ice cream. You mm-hmm. go and you go get ice cream. Yeah. Because why? You don't want to teach your child what? that um promises are that she can't trust you with her word that that's the 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 biggest thing is like you don't want your child to to not trust you when you say yes when you say no when you say we're gonna do this and you say do that so you upheld your you you know you uphold your promises and that's the same way when i look at it with god like his word is never changing it is what it is he said what he said and if he said that he will provide for us that we should not worry about what we're gonna eat or we're gonna wear he said what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said what mm-hmm. he said. When he says that um, he would do more than you could think, imagine, he said what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we bring it up to his remembrance, it's like, there's no way I can't give it to her now because she remembered. She remembered what I said. And I, I am a man of my words. And I want to make sure that my child can trust me with what I said, what I promised her with. Um, so yeah, I would just like submit that. We just want to submit that to you all. It's like, read your word. And I know that's like, okay, the Bible cannot be, find a, find a uh, translation that works for you. Mm-hmm. I, I personally like the New Living Translation. I feel like I'm able to me understand. Me too. This uh, is what this uh, is, yeah. Yeah, I'm able to understand stuff a, a lot better through the New Living uh, Translation. But, you know, there's also, like, different um, YouTube. There's a lot out there that breaks down the Bible so that you can better understand it. Get into it's, community. Get into Bible yeah. study groups. Read mm-hmm. your word. And I'm not just saying it just to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Read your word because that's the mm-hmm. only thing that you can fight the devil with. <laughs> when, you, when you're going through battles, and as a mm-hmm. Christian, you will. 
-hmm. when he's taunting you with thoughts and things like that this is what the word is whenever the the devil is like oh well you'll never be enough well i have created in his image i am more than enough oh you don't you're insecure you look ugly today i am wonderfully made because my father said so like you know what i mean oh Mm -hmm. you know like you don't have any money that god will provide for all of my needs Mm-hmm. And this is and, what you fight he, the devil with. People literally, he specifically says, like, for that, if I can provide food for mercy. <laughs> and I said this on Monday, too, and I'm so glad you brought this up. Go ahead, preacher. Go ahead. Go ahead. you brought this because that oh my gosh i am you know my room is literally at the front of my house right it Mm -hmm. faces the window and my dad um created a bird feeder Mm -hmm. for years and i've constantly hear a bird chirping like every time i'm working on my desk and at times i look at these birds and i'm like yo y'all don't have to ask for nothing (laughs) <laughs> you guys come back every day at chirping and this and that like you're you look healthy you're beautiful uh-huh. you're fed every day god puts people into places like he put my dad put it on my dad's heart to have a bird feeder because he takes care of all his creation and uh-huh. these birds are thriving through winter uh-huh. new york city winter fall summer spring and they have somehow found food uh-huh. Why, why on earth will I think that he won't provide for me? A human being that could actually move his kingdom. A bird can't really do much, but you as a, his own, he made me in his own image. He didn't make the bird in his own image. He made us in his own image. So we are way more viable than these animals. We have dominion over them, right? So... If those birds are able to thrive and chirp, chirp, chirp and have food and get provided for, why won't he do the same for me? Correct. A person that could share a testimony, that could move his kingdom, that could do far more than an animal. Mm-hmm. Let's be serious. Like, you know, like, sometimes we have to really step back and, like, and really think, like, why do we a lot of these thoughts to come because it, it don't even make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the best way to understand God is to look at his creation. Yeah. Look at the waves of the of the ocean. Look at look at the trees that have been here for thousands and thousands of years still growing strong and through mm-hmm. through the amount of like crap the humans on this planet you know due mm-hmm. to this earth with all of this pollution and all that and they're still thriving like you gotta sit back and look and be like, huh? Why? Why am I, am I word? And I call him father. Mm-hmm. That's an insult. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it too, because it's like, so I'm telling you that I, I'm part of this team for somebody to walk through, and you <laughs> know, I help somebody build a heart. And, you know, kept them afloat from drowning. And, you know, because I drowned out the rest of the world. And, <laughs> 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 you know, if I'm telling 
you that I brought manna, bread from the sky to feed the Israelites. For, for like, bread and do thousands, you know? Be for real. BFR. <laughs> and, and you think that I'm not going to get you a job? And that's what I was telling my fiance. I'm like, he's done far more than getting somebody a job. You're going to get a job. And everything's going to be fine. I'm not even worried about it. I'm more worried about you giving into the thoughts that the devil is tormenting you with and leaving your body as it is on earth than I am you getting a job. My God got that taken care of. No, seriously. He has, he has you taken care of too. You just have to believe it. Absolutely. And like, I, I, and it's so funny because I got into the point and I said this on Monday's group meeting where I'm like, I I'm kind of living carelessly. There's a level of delusion and carelessness that goes into knowing that uh, God got it. And to be honest, I'm the same way. It scares the daylights out of my husband. Now I can talk about my husband. My husband. Ah! We've officially been married for a day. Oh, uh, is it six? Wow. So it scares the daylight out of him. He's like, how are you always just so happy and calm? I'm like, God got it. He was, he was just like, so you really just walk around with two cents in your bank account. No food in the fridge. Happy. Yeah. And that's why, like, I, and I had to get out, and I'm still getting out of the scarcity mindset because that's how I kind of was raised on fear. So with that, like, I would be hesitant on booking trips, on buying food, on just doing things. And not that I didn't have the money. I would have the money, but I would be scared to spend it. Um... And then, like, this brings to my remembrance that, like, God got it. Like, this year, um, even though I don't have an income necessarily, I'm still traveling. I literally went to Montreal. Like, I'm still traveling. I'm still enjoying life. I'm still eating every day. I don't lack anything. Um, and that is literally the way to live like a child. And this is where I'm at in this season. I'm not saying, like, Anything could happen, da da da. God forbid. But this is the revelation and the peace that I've gotten right now. And with even with this podcast, like I come on here with no script because I know God got it. <laughs> like it's that serious. Like I'm like, if we get two views, we get thirty, we get a thousand. It is out of my control. It is not my responsibility. It is, it is you. Like literally, you call me to do this. I come on here. You've told me to be myself. I be myself. Everything else is literally in your hands. Uh, Alessia, are you here? Okay. I'm like. I I don't know what's going on with my sinuses. Sinuses, and I'm like. Oh, girl, go ahead, girl. Go blow (laughs) it. Yeah. And and the thing is, that's literally the representation and the feeling of, like, being childlike. Because no normal child, and I say normal because there are some kids that are, you know, in abusive households that grew up too early that, like, have thoughts of adults, that, you know, worries of adults, uh, like, worries of, like, them having to eat, all of that. But, like, uh, 
and I don't want to say normal child and abnormal because that's not proper, but a child that's like in a safe environment, they literally have no worries. Like they don't know what time mom is like cooking them food. They don't know what they're having for dinner. They don't know, like they have no care. They just show up and know that their needs will be provided for. Um, and their only responsibility is to be obedient, to listen to their to their um, parents, is to be obedient, is to do the responsibilities that's, you know, appropriate for them, is to be kind, is to be loving. And that's it. <laughs> that's literally it. Um, and I feel like I'm at that space where exactly that. And... I don't know if I shared this earlier um, on a previous episode, but like when it comes to friendships, I used to, and I, I don't know if Alexia could attest to this too, but I used to feel, and I still sometimes still deal with this, but we'll hold on to hurt from um, past friends, past situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I used to be a very huge people pleaser. And, um, I would constantly feel like I would have to go out my way to get friends to like, you know, for people to like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to the resolution, the mm-hmm. space where I'm like, my only responsibility when it comes to dealing with people is just mm-hmm. to be loving. Yes. Anything else extra is not my responsibility. Now, when it comes to building close friendships, I'll allow, I'm allowing God to lead the way. But I, the only thing I'm responsible for is that when people leave me, leave conversations with me, leave whatever, like, part my ways, they would, they should know that Lyell was loving, she was kind, and she you know, was respectful, when, and that's it. When uh, Elle's and I's relationship first started, you could tell, like, she was very eager to have a friend because... Any friend that she had before did either did her dirty or wasn't there for her as consistently as she would hope for. And she was already in the space of, you know, I'm pretty sure she said this on her podcast already, but, you know, God, I'm lonely. Like, I want my spouse. I want my friends. I want to, you know, live a quote-unquote normal life. And I've just seen such growth in her because it's no longer... I want to talk to you every day. It's no longer, it's, it's, you know what? We will talk to each other when we are both in the space to talk to each other. No love will be lost. We can catch up then. And, you know, we can we can still form this, this close friendship, but we can do it in a way that's natural. We can do it in a way that fits the both of us, and we can do it in a way that God is at the center of it. And I love and I appreciate that so much more because, you know, I'd be all over the place. <laughs> was telling you, I'd be all over the place, and I feel like I've always had so much on my plate. That's another thing. Yeah. And I've always juggled with so much that it's really, really hard for me to designate so much time to talking to my friends. Like, my friends know I may not talk to them for a month, but then I may see them every day for a full week. It just depends. Right. On the way the cookie crumbles and the way life is going. So, um, I've just seen such tremendous growth with her in regards to our personal um, friendship, and I can see that growth translating to other relationships as well. So, in the sense of, if you think that Elle is going to, 
beg and plead you to talk to her, beg and plead you to do the bare minimum for her. That's not happening anymore. And you know, <laughs> and I, I thank you for bringing that up because you know it brings about perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And when we did started to get really close, I was literally like, yes, like, and I really appreciated it because finally someone saw me. Finally, someone like showed genuine reciprocity you know it was a give and take um but at the same time i learned to like i'm learning and i've learned to not constantly like uh put so much pressure on it let it grow like we we created the seed we planted the seed and now it's on god to like when we think about a farmer you plant the seed we planted the seed we still have to water it right like grow, 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 grow. Like constantly pour water on it, or dig it up to see if it's growing. No, honestly, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful analogy. Like we planted the seed, we watered it, and we're still watering, like check-ins and things like that. But nobody's, I'm not hovering about it, and that that's what I used to do, and that was my people pleasing ways, where like. Not that I would nag anybody, but I would constantly check in to be like, to to feel like um, if I wasn't doing, I wasn't a mm-hmm. good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came from a good place and it come from like, you know, um, but it came from like, oh, if I wasn't like checking, if I wasn't doing, if I wasn't like buying, if I wasn't blah, 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 I wasn't a good friend. But learning that like, you know, at the end of the day, we already sold the seed and just let it grow. Mm-hmm. Um letting God take control of that. And it translated to, and I don't know if I told you this here, I also translated to, like, marriage. And, you know, I had such a deep desire earlier this year to be married. Like, I would constantly nag, not nag, but be sad. Like, oh, I want my spouse. And that's a normal feeling for anyone that's feeling that way. Um, And I would be sad. Like, oh, I want to get married. I want to meet. Because it was, like, this deep desire, too, of, like, craving of, like, I would constantly dream about this person I don't know about. I would constantly, and it was the feeling of, like, I was missing a person that I didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I felt like, although these are, you know, desires and, like, whatever, they're not necessarily, quote, unquote, bad. But the focus was solely, mostly on that versus Mm -hmm. God. Not that, yeah. like, I didn't talk to God, didn't pray on God, but meaning, like, but it's so crazy focus on, it, like, yeah. me. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? So no, it's so crazy because in those moments, I would remind him, I was like, why don't, why don't we shift it to craving God right. as much as we crave that marriage? And in her mind, she's like, I do crave that. You're not making any sense. You're not understanding me. And I'm like, No. I get what you're saying, but hear me when I say <laughs> that he is a jealous God. Yeah. And he hears you pleading for a marriage, but he's not hearing you plead for him. But the thing is, and I just want to, like, emphasize this, um, and that's definitely, like, you know, <laughs> a reality. But I feel like for me specifically during that season, I was very lonely. Yeah. And... Um, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be married just for the sake of being married because I just wanted a friend. And I yes. told you this, I was like, in my head, I was like, if I meet the person I'm with, at least I'll have a, a person I could depend on, a, a forever friend. Mm-hmm. I was really desiring closeness, close okay. relationships. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, at that point, you didn't have anybody helping you with your business, reposting your 
flyers. Yeah, no one was really support. I didn't have supportive friends, um, people that poured into me as I poured into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has completely changed. And and the, the thing I want to emphasize is like, nothing physical that I did to get to this space. It was literally all God. Um, because I constantly was pleading to God that I was lonely and like to help me with my loneliness and he did, but there's nothing like an action. Like I didn't get around people. I didn't go partying. I didn't do activities. I actually was more alone than anything. Like, because the, you could be around a lot of people and still feel lonely. There's no like extra active curricular activity that I did. I went to the gym and I went to the gym by myself. Like, <laughs> like I, I had my routine. My routine was, by my, I stayed home. Monday through Sunday. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it wasn't like necessarily people that changed that. And I just want to emphasize that because a lot of people could mistake um, that season of people being around them as them feeling uh-huh. fulfilled. Far, far, um, from, far, from, far from it. From it. Yeah. yeah. And I can attest to that by saying, like, I, of course, had his desire to drink, right? And that desire didn't change even though I was around people, around going to parties and around friends. But what did change is when I I, I said, you know, if I'm fasting, I have to fast from all things pleasurable, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, mm-hmm. and not just that liquor. And I've had liquor sitting on the counter. I've had liquor in the refrigerator this entire fast, but I've been home by myself. And God is the only person or the only being or the only spirit that has allowed me to get through it. So in, in, in essence, what she's saying is she didn't go around people to stop being lonely. She didn't join different groups to stop being lonely. She didn't. She prayed to God to give her the desire of fulfillment, to remove that loneliness, to restore her mental, to restore her community, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Because at the end of the day, only he can truly give Amen. you that joy. And it can't come from other entities. Like, yeah. And ever since and ever since that, ever since like he did that for me, that desire to be married kind of like, not that I still want to get married, but that the that oh God, course, yeah. that yearning brain, like I need my husband literally went away to the point where like I'm kind of icked out by, <laughs> by men. Not that like all men are bad, but like, to the point where now I have, because I, I truly believe this, and this is going to sound very scary coming out of my mouth, but um, if God did reveal a man to me during that season, I would have said yes without doing all my checks and balances because I was desiring a partner so bad because I felt so lonely. Um, So if he was to present to me a man, I would have been like, yes. Now during that season of, I, it was it. It wasn't isolation because I wasn't really isolating, but kind of where he was like making me fulfilled, taking that feeling of loneliness. My standards, yeah, let's talk about it. My standards has skyrocketed. Alexia, not only for just a man, but for friends, just for people around me. I I literally see myself like not engage when I don't want to, remove myself when I feel like it. Um, I had I went to Montreal, and um, I was at a restaurant, and this fine 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 man <laughs> was sitting next to me. We ended up chatting, and he asked me for my number, 
And um, a week went by, my friend advised me to text him. And I, I was very hesitant because I was like, I don't want to text you first. But she was like, it's 2020, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just text him. Just tell him, like, it was great meeting you. So I texted him. I said it was great meeting you. And then we chatted for a little bit. And I was like, this conversation is not serving me. So I stopped responding. Not that I'm saying that I was a thirst bucket back then, but I'm just saying that um, he was a really nice man, really good looking. The way he spoke to me was eloquent. He was he he's French speaking, which is something that I like. If God had presented that person to me months prior, before earlier, I would have. I would have just kept the conversation going. I would have been like the pursuer. And that's not, you know? And um, I'm just using that very vague example to show that, like, I, where I'm at in the space of, like, I love all people. I respect all people. But at the same time, I have boundaries. At the same time, I only need God. At the same time, there's not this burning desire for me to have you around. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. And mm-hmm. that's healthy. Mm-hmm. No, and even with your spouse, like, and I just imagine, like, if God did, pro- and I, this is just a revelation that just came to me. If God did provide me with my spouse, like, I would be so clingy. Yeah. I would be so clingy. I would have no... I don't want to say no person. I'll, I'll have no, nothing outside of just that relationship. Like, and if anything, arguments would have happened, it would have broke me so much because it was like, God, you sent me this friend and I need, I need to hold on to this friend because I feel so lonely. And that loneliness would have never been fulfilled because that person will have their own life. That person would want to go out and hang out with their friends do whatever whatever and because i didn't have that i would constantly feel lonely so and i see this now looking at it from there that i needed to go through that god literally had to ignore my prayers if you wanted a husband right there and there and be like girl child if only you knew what i know now um and even with the friends like i had to let go of hurts and let go of the idea that i'm um continue to pour into friendships that don't serve me that clearly God didn't send me and sometimes Mm -hmm. we put ourselves in relationships with people that God was like why did you even Mm -hmm. um and just allow friendships to naturally grow you know what's so funny that you bring this up Mm -hmm. do you remember I don't know if I'll talk to you about this, but do you remember when I told you about the friendship that I had in college that really, really hurt me when they mm-hmm. did? They did. So when I was fasting, did I tell you that girl messaged me? The so wait, fasting just now? Yeah. Mm-mm. I have to read you the message. Mm-mm. Because it was so much that went on in my fast that I feel like I have to put it back where you're about here. <laughs> We gonna need a part two. Well, we're gonna need a part two. I think this will be the segue into part two. So I'm gonna read you the message. Once I find it, oh Lord, me. Okay, I might have. 
Okay, as you talk, I'm going to say this because you just brought up a thought, but um, ever since I've, uh, recently too, ever since I've gotten to the idea of like not having that eagerness for a husband, mm-hmm. I've been having dreams of like men in my past, exes. And I had a specific dream that two of, uh, of my exes wanted to get back with me. And I woke up and I rebuked it. Because I know it wasn't true. It wasn't, like, of God. And I think that's just the devil's tactic of trying to keep me complacent, trying to keep me in the past, trying to keep me from those feelings and situations of the past. And I just want to say this to people who are trying to move forward or in a season that's new to them, because this is very Mm -hmm. new to me. Like, I never felt so relaxed. (laughs) Like, like, no, seriously. Um. So relaxed, so at ease that like the devil would try anything to kind of bring you back to like that. And then thoughts would come up of like, oh man, what if I was supposed to be with that person? Or what if that friend was supposed to be? And it's like, know the truth and stand on it and also rebuke the devil with it. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Um, I believe the last time Elle and I talked, um, because I know she just brought up, like, she struggled with letting go past hurts, and I opened up, you know, to her about a testimony that I had with a friend in college that really, really tore me up, and it left me, like, depressed and broken because I really poured so much into those friendships, and it left me thinking that it was my fault. You know, through therapy and time, I realized that it wasn't that they just had a lot going on. But I would come, you know, I would go back past this person in passing and they wouldn't say anything to me or they would turn in the other direction and they would roll their eyes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was really trying to figure out, like, what did I do to you? Mm. Um, so just with her speaking on, like, letting go of those past hurts, it had really been on my mind. She had been on my mind heavy for the past couple months for whatever reason. And I even said to Elle, like, I need to forgive this girl. But it was so hard. <laughs> it is hard. Because it, it's, it's like, so especially for people who are empaths and who love, love, like, you know, who yes. love deeply, it's like, <sighs> like yeah. I, I remember just a few episodes ago. I just feel so deeply when somebody wrongs someone because it's like mm-hmm. it's not fair. Like it's not. It's not. It's like I loved you. The only right way, only response is for you to love me back. Yeah. You do the opposite. It's kind of like. Yeah, but it also puts you in the state of God tells you to love your neighbor just to love them. Right. Not expecting anything in return. So I have been really, really working on this forgiveness piece for a while. And while I was fasting just now for my fiance's job, do you want to know that after five years after this incident, this girl messaged me? That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you more tomorrow what she said. Hi, Alexia. I know this is very random, and to be honest, it's very overdue on my end. I wanted to reach out to you and genuinely apologize for what I did to you. It's been on my heart for years, but it really tugged at my heartstrings today because people will come to me all the time with their issues, and it's mainly about forgiveness. And I can't encourage others to be forgiving and loving when I know in my heart I wasn't doing the same at one point. I've been fearful of reaching out because I know we are both different people now, and I never know how or if you would receive anything I had to say. I've watched you grow from afar, 
and I must say I'm genuinely happy for you and proud of you. It's so weird for me to even support your fiance knowing that I've hurt someone who means the most to him. One of my biggest regrets in life so far is not just talking to you about everything from the beginning and letting you build up the way they did because despite everything, you didn't deserve that. And how could I always say that you were my friend and I loved and cared for you but still treated you that way? I was wrong and I am truly sorry. I pray that God continues to bless you and everything you have going on because I really am happy for you and proud of you. And once again, I'm sorry for not reaching out years ago. Wow. Wow. That's huge. Mind you, since it out the blue, there was no previous context. I have not spoken to this girl in five years. That's huge. And you know what just came to my, my mind is like, when she first said she's been watching you, I kind of got the ick out of that because it's like, okay. But also, <laughs> um, when I think of like conviction, mm-hmm. when you need to for, to uh, apologize mm-hmm. and God need, needs you to do that for you to move to another step, mm-hmm. you will feel sick seeing that mm-hmm. person you will feel sick to your stomach and I think that's exactly like and I don't want to say exactly no, but no, I have no, a no, strong no, feeling like follow up message because what you're saying is not wrong because I responded told her you know I forgive her the way that I operate in my friendships is that I'm really big on honesty and loyalty and she could have reached out to me at any moment and I would have worked on whatever was bothering her to the point of what she did to me and you know we could have worked through it as friends because in friendships you have to water them right. in order for them to grow um and i was really hurt by what she did but you know nevertheless i forgive you and i wish you the best she responds the crazy thing is you know we had genuine love for you too I'll speak for myself and say, after that happened, that semester genuinely spiraled out of control for me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Because I felt guilty and bad for not only hurting your feelings, but because I had basically just given up on a friendship due to me being fearful of if you would have received it and not, or not. Um, I was even still fearful today to finally get it off my chest, but I'm glad I did. Thanks for understanding and even forgiving me, and I forgive you as well. We were younger, and life was just different back then, and I should have been more understanding towards you and what you had going on. But thanks for responding, and thanks for your well wishes. That thing was eating her. And I know this is going to sound very, like, eh, but I'm authentic, and I speak honest, and this is where Mm -hmm. I'm at right now. This kind of gave me a sense of relief, (laughs) because... For all the people that did me wrong, I feel, and I know this is going to sound bad, but it kind of made me feel a little bit happy that they might be just be eating up their insides because they feel, they feel guilt. And I'm being honest, this is my honest truth. There's a part of me that's kind of like, yeah, you should feel guilty. Honestly, when I originally got the message, I liked it. I still haven't responded to this day. That was two weeks ago. Um. It's just kind of like, girl, it's been five years. If you think what you did hurt you, imagine how it hurt me. <laughs> and I was, I'm still struggling to fully forgive and let go of the situation. 
conversation. I even passed her and passing out of the bit, and I still did not properly speak to her. I said, excuse me, so that I could get past her. That's it. And I know that sucks for me to say, but it's like that level of, because the, okay, let me just say why I feel a level of like joy, <laughs> quote unquote joy that this person was feeling guilty. And it made me feel like, okay, maybe the people that are around me feel that level of guilt and shame. And because you have to understand that like, when I am, okay, when I say this, I'm thinking of ex past relationships, thinking of past friends. I was heavily bullied uncalled for in high school by someone that I felt was a friend and these things although it happened years ago they still hurt like your actions have consequences that can last a lifetime and I want you guys to really understand that like and I'm not and I'm not saying it hurt like oh like this person has like um control over me and da 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 it hurts. Just hurts. It hurts it in a really way hurts. because what that was a when you really love and I say people like who have sensitive hearts like I do and Alexia does. People mm-hmm. who are empaths, people who love, truly love. Mm-hmm. When you allow somebody in your space, when you oh, call that person friend, you know, so when you bring funny. them home, when you oh. pour into them, you buy them, you spend oh. money on them. You call them best friend. You call them boyfriend. You play your future with them. Yeah, you know what I mean. These are seeds. These are you're watering that seeds. You're planting and you're 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 nurturing that plant. You put years, time, effort, sweat, tears, love. And it's also it's also like I ain't doing this to just anybody. I'm doing it to, to you. you. You put somebody on a pedestal in your life. You put them as a um, a priority in your life, saying like, "This is my partner. This is my best friend. This is you have this access to me." You give people access to you, and they turn around uncalled for, and hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, like it, it, you have to really understand, like why I feel like this, quote unquote. And it's not really true joy. I'm being like you know exaggerating, but it's like a because it 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 brings a level of peace and comfort to know that you were suffering just as long, as as much as I was suffering. I was suffering their your consequences, but you were suffering your consequences as well. Yeah. As well, you and were suffering with shame, guilt. I was suffering by the aftermath that you caused. Mm-hmm. So it brings about um, peace that, you know, like, we were, I wasn't the only one suffering in this. So anyone that had abusive ex, terrible relationships, terrible friendships, because friendships, breakups hurt, if not more. They hurt just as bad, if not worse. Just know that there is a high chance that God is not letting them. Like, and I say God because there's a scripture that says, like, one, do not touch my anointing. Mm-hmm. And to that, revenge is God's. <laughs> because there's so much that I could have done or could have said or could have tried to do. But, I mean, but at the end of the day, I just try, chose to feel my hurt. <laughs> I chose to feel my hurt and try my best to move past the situation. But I'm not going to lie. Every time I saw that person or those two people, I would get so sad. Because it's like, I really love y'all. Why would you do that? And you're mending 
a heart that you didn't break. You're 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 wiping spilled milk that you didn't spill. You're mending something it's, that you constantly have to like imagine. No, no, no. I, I need to give like a visual. Imagine this is you and your friend bonding. And that friend went and went like this. And left you with this. And this is you walking around in this world. You were whole. Now you're crushed. Mm-hmm. And now you have to take your time to like. Mm-hmm. And for viewers out there, I'm using a, a bottle. And I just crushed the bottle. I mean, for listeners out there. And I'm blowing air into it. This is me going to therapy. This is me journaling. This is me forgiving. This is me praying. This is me going into community. This is me making new friendships. This is me going out there. This is me, but at the but same then, time, look, it still nice has. Absolutely not, because if you could see, there's still cracks and dents and this and that. But you're still usable. Absolutely. And God will still use you just like this. So I, I I really want I I really want you to understand that like when, when you go around hurting people and I'm and I hope y'all yeah, listeners are not going around hurting people but we all have we're all a villain in somebody's story we're all a villain in somebody's story you know what I mean um, whether small or big or dramatic or not it, it, we're all a somebody somebody got a problem somewhere um whether you said something verbally phys- you know like. You know, just know that, like, it has an effect, whether big or small. So just be conscientious of how you maneuver in people's lives. You know what I mean? Um, But that's, but on the other flip side, I'm glad she got to that point. Yeah. I'm glad she got to that point. And also the relief you must feel that, wow, I finally got the apology. Yeah. The validation like, you must feel that, like, she yeah. indeed was in the wrong. But it was also, like, crazy timing because I'm like, God, you're validating something that I paid to you about years ago. <sighs> I can only imagine what you're about to validate in this season of fasting. And he came out and said, get married. And your hubby got the job. Mm-hmm. And you're off birth control. And you feel at ease about it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, obedience is the start. Yo, first of all, the word is the start. <laughs> the word is definitely the start. Let me, let me make it very clear that I have, like, that season of, of losing that friend, I went into a very dark depression. And I was listening to a specific pastor, and I had, like, tithing set up every other week when I got paid for that specific pastor and I was in the word heavy and that is where my spiritual journey began mm-hmm. and from there it grew and it amassed to where I'm at now in my adulthood you know I feel like now is the time where God's just like I got your attention now so they focused on me you know but this is years in the making. This is years of trials and tribulations. This is years of being disobedient and being redirected. This is years of God, grace and mercy, even when I was undeserving. This is years 
of reading the same stories in the Bible over and over again until it resonated. <laughs> you could be in front of that Bible and it not be alive to you. But now the word is alive to me. And it, it hits differently for me. And um, it's not going to come overnight. It, it may not happen in a week or two. But that slowly but surely building up your faith, it's okay. And it's okay to make mistakes along the way. <laughs> oh, it's inevitable. But the word started with me, too. Mm-hmm. I got closer to God by reading his word. And I got excited to read it because I was understanding mm-hmm. it. And he was speaking to me through it. So I definitely feel like the word is the good start for new believers. Mm-hmm. Like, getting your word. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are amazing pastors out there. Find someone that resonates with you. Find someone that you could listen to. Um, be careful. But there's a <laughs> very careful. Um, ask God, like every time you start watching somebody, ask the Holy Spirit to come because then He will discern you right from wrong. You feel me? Yes. And then follow up on the scriptures that right. I've been pointed out in that sermon. And if those scriptures are being backed by what the, the pastor is saying, run, like, flee. Red flag. Okay. Scripture to back up everything that pastor is saying, red flag. That's not being led by God. If it was led by God, it would be backed by his word. So follow up with the scriptures that are being stated in that sermon and do your own research. Read your read read that word and say, Wow, you know, I can really see how that pastor connected that. Pray over that word, pray over that scripture and say, Hey, allow me allow me to internalize this teaching in the, in these words and reflect that in my day to day life. Don't allow this to just be a Sunday thing. Allow this to be twenty four seven. And I think and I say I'm part of this too. We don't study the word enough. Mm-hmm. We don't meditate on the word. It says to meditate I'm on his word. I'm guilty of that I'm too. Because I'll read it like it's a story, and I'm like, okay, cool, and then move forward. But when I, when I say meditate, and I did that when I first started reading the Bible. When I say meditate, let's see, Matthew 13, 13, that little thing. I would read that like five times, and then I would go on a different website and read an article about what I just read to get another perspective. Then I would watch a video on Matthew. Like, this is meditation. And it takes a lot. That's why I enjoyed it. But but that's meditating. And that's what you need to do when you first start. And you not only when you first start, forever. Um, I need to get back to that, for sure. Because I fell off after I fasted, after I fasted, I was on top of it. I was waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I was doing my devotionals. God got the first of my day. that doesn't look the same right now. Um, yes, I was fasting. Yes, I was praying. But I honestly, honest to God, y'all, I went off of the memory of the scriptures that I had read before. Mm-hmm. I was not in my word the way I was supposed to mm-hmm. during this fast. Gotcha. But I believe it was so much going on, God still put me where he wanted me to be. Absolutely. When, when he wanted me to be there. But moving forward, I will definitely say he has convicted me to live a healthier lifestyle. But at the same time, as you bring that up, like, I don't want listeners to confuse that. Okay, if I don't read my word, God can still use me. Yes, he can, but it may take you a while to understand that he's actually speaking to you. Because the best way to decipher if it's from God or if it's not from God is through his word. God would never say something outside of his word, you know? Like, he told her to get married. Why? Because the two become one. God is for marriage. So it's not something that's, like, the devil would never ask you to get married. That wasn't something outlandish. And it was also, like, 
God also doesn't like certain things happening outside of the covenant of marriage. Right, exactly. Like the, the devil would not want you to get married like he's yeah. he's against marriage so he wouldn't be like yeah get married that don't make no sense so you have to really know your word to know if it's from god or not like if you get like you know if, if for instance quit your job whoa but like also, I, I do uh, an important note that i want to make and this is something that the pastor that i currently listen to in the church that i currently attend is really big on Yes, the devil is not for marriage, but be sure that that marriage is of God. No, seriously. <laughs> Yo, we need a part two for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because there's a lot of people. And I want to put a lot of emphasis on that. The devil is not for marriage, but that does not mean every marriage is of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, and I'm going to piggyback off of that. You know, people love to say, like, God doesn't like divorce. God hates divorce. God hates divorce, right? Let no man separate what God puts together. But sometimes God didn't put it together. Sometimes he's like, yes, divorce, because I didn't put y'all together. Or y'all rushed to get put together and you weren't equipped with the things that I needed you to have and the armor that I needed you to have and start to fight what you needed to fight together. You were not ready for that type of commitment and you rushed into it. So that's why you see so many people remarrying the people they divorced. No, seriously. Seriously. And it sucks that, you know, divorce is just as high as people getting married. But it's like, Mm -hmm. a lot of y'all shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because it's like no man that God put together. And it's like... that is why, and I also want to place emphasis on this, this is why I knew it was God because even I was questioning. I'm like, God, marriage is a big deal. It you is. You can tell me that you want me to do right now. It That's is. why I was asking him. That's why I was saying send me the sign. That's why I was saying constant prayer because I was like, God, this is a big deal. Please be at the foundation of this. Please don't let me go into this or something happen. Like, God, please. And that's please. why I told her to write this down and well, we don't need to because we have footage now of this yeah. because the devil would try to, you know, like um, uh, trying to tempt you or this and that, then you have physical proof that no, like, look at this testimony. There's not when you heard her testimony, it's nobody but God. Mm-hmm. Come on now. On the way to the courthouse. Come on now. It's nobody but God. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So we're rapper here. This was honestly. Mm-hmm. the best episode and <laughs> I say this every episode I'm like this was a good episode though this was really good and I think we've been on it for two hours <laughs> um we I definitely want you to come back whatever uh mm-hmm. feasible for you because we clearly have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. uh, God definitely showed up mm-hmm. he showed out um we were authentic and I'm sure people, a lot of people will walk away with with something out of this for sure. Mm-hmm. And I thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you. And able to share this um this intimate testimony with us mm-hmm. and other things that you share with us as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the viewers and listeners definitely, definitely felt some some way about this. There's absolutely no way. Um and I'll leave you guys with this too. Like and I have it here in Matthew thirteen. Um, 14. This fulfills the prophecy of, and this is what I sent you. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, 
When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and the ears cannot hear. So they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to, to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. And I bring this up because a lot of people will hear this and be like, oh, okay. But this is for those who needed to hear this. This episode was for those who have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to understand. Because I truly believe that God chooses who he wants um, to follow, who he wants to have fellowship with, who he wants to pour into. And it's not our choice. It's not. And I told her this before I even got on the call. Like, I'm praying it reaches somebody that it needs to reach. And I'm praying that the lost become found in his name. Amen. And I want to use that scripture as a segue to pray out. Because there's a specific thing that I would like to pray over you guys as we exit out of this episode. Perfect. Go ahead. Let's head heads back. God, your word strategically says that specific people are anointed for specific things. And I pray right now over our listeners and their heart posture and that their heart is ready to receive the word and the words and the actions of which you are about to give them and bless them. I pray that our heart posture aligns with you. I pray that you allow our, that you, you make your desires our own. I pray that you are able to reach the ears and the hearts and the minds of the people that needs this episode to be reached through them for. And I pray that this testimony can bless somebody in the spirit enough to know that you are real, you are here, you listen, you are kind, you are supernatural, you are all things that go above and beyond human understanding. Nobody or no nothing can put you inside of a box because you bust new things every time. And I pray that we are able to truly understand what you are to us and what you are thinking of. I pray that right now that the listeners turn to you, turn to your word, and get closer to you. I pray that over myself, that I am able to turn to my word more, that I am able to give you the first part of my day, my day, the first fruit of my labor, the first of my everything, because you you are my everything, and I would be nothing without you. I would have nothing without you. Everything is provided through you. And I pray that everybody on this call understands. I pray that that same thing over L. I pray that we can be childlike towards you and believing your word and believing that you will fulfill all of our heart's desires if it is in alignment with your will. And I pray that we can move forward as this podcast and continue to reflect your word through our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying. This was really good. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Yeah, well, I love you so, so, so much. Love you too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I definitely want you to come back. This was really good. Um, but yeah, my, my laptop's about to die too. But yes, thank you so thank you to everyone for listening. Um 
and I'll catch you guys next week um, if the Lord see it. Have a wonderful day, night, whenever you hear this. Um, Yeah. Bye, everyone. Be safe. God bless. Peace.